Welcome to the Point Noted Podcast with your host, Johnny B, and co-host who shows up whenever he wants to, former NFL player, Rashad Barksdale. It's raw, unfiltered, and no topic is off-limit. We talk sports, entertainment, culture, and a whole lot of random shit. Let's get to the point. Point on the podcast. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Johnny B. Uh, in today's show, we have a special guest in the house. We're hanging out with uh, Christian Stryker from Global Mindset Coach. And I did his runner. Christian, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for the invitation, my man. Absolutely, man. Did I mess any of that up? It was uh, I did his runner, Global Mindset Coach. Uh, did I get that right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. You got that. Uh, no, nothing. You know, um, I work with Adidas, so that is uh, one huge part of uh, my day. Um, okay. On the one side here in LA with the community, uh, mm-hmm. we're working with a lot of runners and uh, teaching them how to incorporate mindfulness and more specifically three attentional skills into their workouts, into everything that they're doing in order to optimize their performance. And then I do the same thing for Adidas runners on a global scale where I'm uh, part of a team where we are developing uh, techniques and methods um, that we're trying to disseminate to the Mm -hmm. global community within Adidas. So that's, you know, I think we're somewhere around 30, 40,000 members or something like that now. Wow, that's great. Um, And then I work, uh, I have individual clients that I work with a lot here in L.A., mostly or also online. And then I have my own company called MindSize, um, mm. where we're doing exactly the same thing. We're just um, teaching all athletes um, to um, use these three attentional skills to um, be able to reach their optimal level of performance more frequently and for longer periods of times. And, you know, in that, in that uh, company, we are a fantastic team with neuroscientists and um, PhDs. And we are uh, also helping coaches to learn to teach that to other athletes. So it's Mm. us doing that. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy doing that very much. Oh, wow. That sounds great. When you are, when you teaching that to uh, other coaches to spread the world to their athlete, do you you guys feel like you're losing client doing that? Uh, Because I mean, if you teach a football coach, then that's possibly about 40 to 50 clients that probably could have come to you guys. Or are you teaching them more? So like different pricing or different group when you're teaching someone else to go teach somebody else? Well, um, I would not say that we're losing any clients because, you know, other coaches can teach that also now. On okay. the one side, um, what we are offering with in mind size is a, uh, Mind Size for Athletes, which is a program uh, that takes eight weeks. Uh, that's online, and everybody can do it at their own, uh, you know, from wherever they are. Um, and that's uh, that's a program that doesn't have really. There's nothing else out there that is like that. Um, okay. It's very different from you know if you really get like a one-on-one personal um, coaching session, and that's not something that you know I do more of i have my clients that i'm working with um and there are so many people that want personal one-on-one coaching that um, Mm -hmm. you can't you know work with everybody anyway there's uh, your everybody is limited in working with individuals one-on-one 
But right. when it comes to people that are, um, you know, don't necessarily want one-on-one -on -one coaching for multiple reasons, and one of that reason is, of course, also financially because it's too expensive to pay a coach, you know, every session, um, whatever price that is, um, it's much more scalable and you can actually help many more people in the world and athletes um, if you have a program that they can do at a much more affordable price but it's just as effective it's just not this one-on-one -on -one experience that is exactly the same as if you would have you know a coach that you're talking to Mm. But within that program, we still have uh, the option that all of the athletes that take the program can talk to coaches um, uh, that are able to teach this on our platform. And so we are able, you know, or we're in a very fortunate position where we are not able to only help the athletes, but also the coaches that want to teach it. So we're really right. trying to be like a platform that can help everybody and not really... Um, uh, you know, take away anything from other coaches. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense then. I, I get it. Um, I think I was thinking way ahead of time in, you know, ahead of myself where uh, you teach somebody skills and, you know, they, they're taking their money and you, and you just lose, you know, it just there's a lot of potential with that. Uh, but I think I'm getting ahead of myself again here. Um, so just to rewind a little bit and for the folks that are listening. Um, so we are talking to Christian Stryker, uh, global mindset coach, mindful coach, Adidas runner. Uh, former professional tennis player and professional tennis coach. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, just go back to that right quick. Um, um, when did you start playing tennis? When did you retire? I started playing tennis when I was around four. So four. very early. Um, mm. And then I stopped playing professionally when I was 20, I think it was 2021, something like that. I had mm, that's young, play, isn't it? Um, uh, they removed my first rib. It was uh, oh. a kind of unfortunate event, but um, f in terms of my tennis career, but it was a fortunate event in terms of how the rest of my life uh, developed. So right, right. I'll do everything again the same way if I mm. don't know what's going to happen. Wow. What um, did you play in some of the big um big competitions? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I played in the Grand Slams, but uh, on Good. a junior level. So in the junior level, there's also uh, all of these big tournaments like the Australian Open and US Open and all of that. So um, I'm the same uh, age group as, you know, Federer and uh, Safin and Hewitt and those guys. So like in their late mm. 30s, early 40s. Right. Um, and um, Roger and I played doubles together at the Australian Open in 98 and went to the semis there. Nice. And... Um, but, you know, he excelled um, much faster, much further. Um, and it's great. Still is there. <laughs> still uh, there, yeah, right. So it, was a, it was an amazing experience for me early on. And I was kind of a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, okay. Especially mentally speaking. You know, I was physically, mm. I was um, pretty far developed and I was able to play pretty well. But um, I was not able to... Um, sustain those levels that i was able to reach um periodically and okay. that was not that was not physically that was just mentally i wasn't able to focus for long enough you know or when things mattered i was too affected by um if i would get nervous or anxious during points um motivation was an issue and all of those things um were something that i developed um further down the road so right. You know, now 
having realized that um, on myself, how um, different experience it can be if you have those mental skills. Um, right. Now I'm just trying to um, give that to all the other athletes. All the people, right, that. pass it on, right, pass it on. Is that a, is that a maximum age? Um, like the oldest you can be at the junior level before you have to move on, either go to the pros or find something else to do? Like, is there like a graduation age? Like, it's the junior level to a, how many years you can be a junior level tennis player? Yeah, it's a cutoff at 18. Like a 18. Cut. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Once you're 18, you're not allowed to play juniors anymore. But you are allowed to play um, with uh, on the pro tour before you're 18. You can start, I think, okay. when you're 14 or 15 in theory. And there, that happens sometimes. You know, it's not too uh, common. But, I mean, it's not one in a million either. Right. So if you're not good enough to make it to the pros... I'm guessing there has to be like some kind of playing tournament that you have to earn enough wins playing before you can get invitation to the pro leagues. If you're not good enough to be in the pros, then what do, what do the guys do after juniors? Yeah, that's a good question. And that's, a, a, you know, definitely something that a lot of players struggle with because okay. the tennis tour, um, like on the golf tour or a lot of those uh, individual sports, um, mm -hmm. the air gets very thin at the top because... Mm you're not within the top 50 or 100 or 150 in the world, uh, best athletes, you can't even make a living. Um, yeah. You know, if wow. you're a basketball player, if you're a soccer player, then there's just um, more uh, room. There right. is 200th best uh, soccer player in the world, then you're definitely making enough money to be able to make a living. Good um, money. So... <laughs> um, what a lot of athletes do is um, in the U.S., they have a great program here, of, co of course, with the universities that doesn't exist really anywhere else in the world in that way, where right. uh, players are able to play on a college level, have additional time to figure out, you know, how far can they get. Um, and if they're really at the very top in the college world, then the chances are pretty good that you're going to make it on the pro tour also. Not necessarily to you know the top ten or top fifty, but like right. top hundred, top two hundred, you have a very good chance if you're already at that level. You know, if you like okay. five in the U.S. in the NCAA, for example. Right, right. Um, and if you don't make that, well, then you keep going to college, and you know you graduate, and you made a lot of very good uh, connections. Right. With, uh, you know, a lot of people that you meet over the years, mm -hmm. um, and then you take it from there. But if you have been on the tour and you tried to make it and you couldn't quite, then there's um, either some athletes go back to university. That's definitely one uh, option that is not uncommon. Um, right. A lot of players go and try to become coaches. Um, some want to go and coach on tours. Some don't want to travel and start to coach in clubs or even in universities. You know, they become the head pro of a college team. Um, so if they stay within the sport, uh, that's generally tends to be like, as far as I know, the three most common kind of directions uh, former athletes go to. Yeah, I think a lot of college athletes, uh, if they don't make it to the pros, usually, well, like you said, though, in, in, in the U.S., uh, with the exception of basketball, um, you know, even in soccer, you can still, well, baseball is the best at it, really. You still have uh, the junior leagues where you can be a professional athlete at the junior level and make decent living. Uh, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, and soccer has a little bit of that, but obviously not the same as getting to the MLS or, um, or any of that. Um, so to get back into um, the mindset coaching and the mindful coaching, 
Uh, you mentioned three three skills. Uh, what are those? So the three skills are concentration, clarity, and coolness. Okay. So um, concentration we would define as um, an athlete's ability to pay attention to whatever it is that they want. So depending on the sport that you're in, uh, depending on the situation that you're in within your sport, there is an infinite amount of different um, experiences uh, that you need to pay attention to. Um, sometimes you need to direct your attention to certain things. You need to pay attention to you know, where the ball is. You need to redirect your attention to where the opponent is. Then you need to direct your attention to how you feel. Uh, mm. Then you need to direct your attention to uh, some strategic aspect, you know, what should you be thinking about, what um, you need to analyze something. So whatever it is that you could be paying attention to, right. if you direct your attention there or if you keep your attention there for any amount of time, that is what we uh, call concentration. Okay. So that is the first skill that we are using. Everybody has those has that skill, but we are also improving it with certain techniques and strategies in a systematic way. So that skill improves over time and it doesn't just stay the same, you know? Mm, right. Then the second skill, um, clarity, is what other people also call awareness or being in the moment. But really what that skill is, is um, an athlete's ability to track in real time what it is that they're experiencing. So let's say um, you are directing your attention to um, where the ball is um, and the ball is flying. If you are now noticing how fast the ball is flying, if you're noticing um, what trajectory the ball has, uh, what spin the ball has and so forth, if you're noticing any kind of detail, um, then that is sensory clarity. Mm. And that uh, applies also in every single sense category. So it's not just visually what you're seeing externally. It could also be in the body. So you might uh, need to be able to direct your attention to, um, let's say, your arm because you're throwing the ball in football. Um, and now you're noticing you're a little tense. So if the, that you're noticing that tension in your arm, that would be sensory clarity. Directing okay. your attention there, that would be concentration. Right? Okay. So it's two different skills that always work together, but they're still independent from one another. Um, and then the third skill, coolness, um, coolness, that's somebody's ability to try to be equally open to pleasant and unpleasant experiences without trying to suppress or avoid unpleasant experiences you don't like and without trying to cling to pleasant experiences that you do like so it's like a third um, option kind of in the middle between those two like you kind of matter of fact look at something um, just what it is and then you can act and react um, based on what the best action is and not just based on how you feel about something hmm. if you ever had um this is great i I can definitely, uh, I can put myself in almost every single one of these um, at the lowest level, of course, because I still have to be trained by you. Um, but you ever had, you know, players or athletes that suffer from uh, ADHD and trying to get into the concentration and clarity and coolness. If you had players like that and how difficult was that trying to get them to focus and stay in the moment? 
Um, yes, uh, definitely uh, uh, have I experienced that with some of the um, athletes I work with. And, um, you know, the underlying principle is the same. So if you are experiencing ADHD, and that mm. might be, um, you know, because you actually have a disorder that is um, clinical, or it might also be just because you have developed your mind into that direction because you're just too much on your phone. Um, so right. what the causes might be different um, and then how much time and effort you need to put in and how much you can improve those skills might vary, of course. Um, right. But the underlying principle is in terms of what it is that you would do um, and what skills um, you would want to develop is the same. And the principle of how those skills improve also don't necessarily change. So um, if you have somebody, if you have an athlete and he's on the tennis court and he has ADHD, meaning he just can't sustain his attention on right. something that is relevant for the moment, right? So it might right. be you, you're listening to the coach. Um, it's as simple as that. The coach is standing there. He's explaining something for like a minute or two um, in terms of the exercise, what you want to be doing. And the uh, athlete is listening at the beginning and all of a sudden he just starts dozing off and mind wandering. Or he even turns away and starts paying attention to, um, you know, what is going on on the other side of the tennis court. Um, so what is happening is that the athlete is not able to maintain his attention on just listening to what mm. the coach is saying. And that is exactly what we are actually um, practicing and developing. Um, that is one of the skills, that's concentration. Um, and um, when you're putting in systematic, consistent effort into developing this ability to pay attention to what you want to pay attention to, then right. that skill over time is going to improve. So the baseline of that uh, level. So the baseline of concentration would basically be the degree of concentration that you have when you're not even trying to concentrate. You know, right. just how, how focused are you if you're just like going about your day? And mm. then if you put an effort into focusing, okay, then you're going to focus even more. Um, so both of those will improve. You know, the um, effortful concentration when you're trying to focus, you're going right. to be able to do that better. But even the baseline of like when you're not even trying to focus and you're just paying attention to whatever, even that is going to improve. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, concentration, clarity and coolness. Um, and they sort of link into each other. Like when I look at it, you know, you have that full concentration. There's a clarity there. And with that clarity comes some kind of coolness and some sort of coolness to you. Um, do you find that some people have a higher level of one than the other? And which one is it? Which one do they seems to have a lot more of it than they do the others? Yes, actually, that's uh, very interesting that you bring that up. Um, there's definitely because these three skills are skills um, like any other skill, whether it might be strength or uh, speed or you know, a strategical understanding or touch or any other kind of coordinational skill, um, these attentional skills um, are also given to us. We all have them. And you said that actually at the very beginning when we started talking, it's like, yeah, I haven't noticed like I caught myself in, you know, experiencing any one of those three. Mm. And that is exactly true. Um, this is these are not skills that you know nobody has or barely has, or maybe some of the, some of us have some of the skills. Um, the truth is that we all have those skills. We couldn't even function if we wouldn't have those skills as you know healthy human beings. 
Um, but because we're not putting any uh, time and effort into really developing those skills, they don't really improve that much over the course of our lifetimes. Um, but um, some of us are just naturally more gifted at paying attention. Um, right. Some of us are just naturally, you know, um, react cooler to certain situations than others. Um, mm. um, two people might experience the exact same situation and one of us has a very strong reaction to it and the other one doesn't have. It. Um, right. So that's just your natural base level and those natural base levels can vary greatly from human to human and also from situation to situation. So you might be generally, um, you know, be able to pay a lot of attention very easily in situation X. Um, let's say you're on the basketball court um, and you are watching your teammates and you can focus very much. And then you're in a different situation in the park um, and you want to be listening to somebody and all of a sudden it's not so easy for you. Um, so concentration, clarity and coolness, they all have also these subcategories of skills and um, all of these different subcategories also need to be trained. So we get a kind of develop those skills on a broader, more fundamental level. And mm. then we can tailor the training more to our individual needs, to whatever it is that we want, because it is, you know, as an athlete, I need to have this particular skill um, in right. the sport, or it's just because, you know, I choose to improve certain skill, not because, uh, you know, it benefits my performance necessarily, but for whatever other reason. Right. Um, so that being said, um, yes, um, to your question, there's definitely some people have um, one skill more developed than another, and also some people have them more developed than other people, just naturally. Um, I cannot say necessarily which one of the three skills um, people generally, you know, have more of. I think that's very individual. Um, mm. And I have never heard or seen a pattern like that. Okay. You know? Right. But I think the key point to take away is that even if you have been given um, one of the skills or th multiple of the skills at a higher level, so you're just naturally more gifted when it comes to paying attention or to being cool with uh, difficult situations, um, that would still pale in comparison to how, um, how uh, improved or how good those skills can be if you actually put in time to train those skills for longer periods of times. You know, okay. if you really de dedicate for a year, two years, five years training those skills, like you would do your craft, you know, your mm -hmm. speed, your flexibility, your agility, your technique, and so forth. That also, you know, you can improve that within a matter of eight weeks, of 12 weeks, but how much, are you, how much stronger are you going to get if you work out for three months and how much stronger right. are you going to get if you work out for five years? So yeah. It's kind of similar. Right. Big difference. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you are a coach in Germany. Um, in LA actually. In LA. You didn't coach in Germany? Oh, you coached the German team in LA? Well, I used to coach in Germany and Spain. Okay. Um, and I moved to LA with my wife around nine right. years ago now. Oh, okay. Very nice. Now we're here. Oh, good. Um, when you coaching, um, where like you coaching like the, when when you coach the tennis team, were you coaching tennis players to play tennis, or were you coaching the mindful mindset part of the game? Um, 
I would always say both. Um, both, okay. For the last years, you know, um, mm -hmm. sometimes I would kind of highlight one more than the other, depending on what the athlete needs, um, depending on what he wants also. So there's obviously also players, um, especially, you know, let's say 10 years ago, 15 years ago that I would coach and it was really mostly only the tennis aspect of it. It might mm. be technical, but it's almost impossible to um, eliminate any of those three skills from your coaching because mm. paying attention always plays a part in uh, what you need to be doing, you know? Right. Um, and it's something that I have always incorporated, but I have not necessarily emphasized it as much 15 years ago and as I have been, you know, since we have really developed um, mind size and I've been working with the athletes so much. So when I went um, with Mike Bryan to the um, World Championships in London, Uh, when was that like one and a half years ago there I didn't go as his tennis coach but I went and as his mental performance coach and he had his tennis coach there also and his fitness coach and so forth right and I'm pretty sure you have you know multiple uh, players of different different sports uh, that come and train with you and you know as a group as a team or individually um, is there a particular sport that you feel like you know you got more feedback from their players or from you know those athletes about how this has been impactful to their life like is it more a lot of soccer players football players just runners or tennis players that say man this is great i need it when i'm about to tackle or when it's fourth and damn fourth and one or i'm about to take a penalty kick if you had you know one sport in particular that you feel like you've gotten more back from those players uh about you know how great this has been for them Yeah, that's a good question. But I have to say, actually, uh, no, there was not one sport that would particularly stand out. Uh, okay. Because these experiences I have um, had or the athletes that I worked with have had in all sports. So okay. whether I worked with golfers and they had very significant performance improvements um, just in their score, just like, mm. you know, they improved their score drastically. Um, the same thing with runners, the same thing with tennis players, um, the same thing with soccer players. So um, it really depends on how much time um, you put in, um, how well um, versed you become with okay. all of those different aspects of how to train these skills and what strategies to use that it really benefits your performance the most. And if you put mm. in the time and you really learn how to do that, um, the effects that it will have on your performance are pretty significant independent of the sport and there's actually um, a decent amount of scientific studies out now um, for different sports um, that show the uh, positive impacts for the athletes oh great very good very good i mean i, I know we have different levels and uh, different uh athletes of different sport that listen to the show so uh what age do you recommend uh players start using uh the mindset coach and your mindful program so i would say the mind size for athletes program um that's something you would want to start when you're really um at the point where you're interested you know in improving your performance it doesn't you don't necessarily need to be a professional athlete you can just be uh, a recreational athlete also but that's still nonetheless that is your interest and that okay. could be you know, um, from athletes from, I would say, maybe 14, 15 at the earliest mm. to do this particular program. Um, but 
you can also tailor these techniques um, for athletes that are much younger, which we also do, but that would not necessarily be that exact program. But it's actually something with, that we have in the pipeline for the future. Um, where you just need to um, tailor it to kids in a more playful way, that it's not right. necessarily you know performance directed, but they still learn these different techniques and strategies um, to use while they are working out, while they're doing their sport, but in a more playful manner. For little kids, you know, generally um, things need to be fun and games. Right. And right. if that is the case, it's more interesting to them and mm -hmm. they're going to pay much more attention to it um, without putting too much effort in. Yeah, kids don't want nothing serious. They just want to goof around. So yeah. and if they can't scream and yell and goof, they don't want to do it. I don't want to do this. Uh, you know, I, I, I've coached uh, U8 soccer boys. I've coached uh, U11 soccer kids and, you know, their attention span, even even the U18s and the high school kids, they sometimes you just want to be like, look, stop it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they just they don't pay attention. They don't want to do anything, you know. So, uh, but I know you coach, uh, you coach number one tennis player in the world at one point and you coach another top 10 player in the world at one point. Uh, talk about how much fun was that? What was that like being involved? Um, you know, it was a lot of fun, obviously, you know, working yeah. with uh, the best athletes in the world um, right. and seeing where their natural talents are, whether those are physical or coordinational or whether they're mental and their mm. enthusiasm and passion about what they're doing and their dedication um, to, you know, experience that firsthand is always a very special experience. Mm. Um, but I have to say simultaneously that... I have also been working with a lot of people that um, like to do sport and are not professional athletes, but they might ex have excelled or still are, you know, very successful in different uh, parts of their life. Maybe they're musicians, maybe they're actors, maybe they're scientists, um, and they have that same passion, even though they are not, you know, the, one of the best tennis players in the world. But the amount of enthusiasm and um, passion they bring to right. this moment when they're trying to learn something is pretty much equal to um, what the person that is number one in the world brings to it. Or you could right. also reverse it and say, okay, so if you have somebody who is number one in the world in tennis and you work with them and the way they pay attention and how hard they try and how much passion they have when they're practicing is at a certain level. And if this individual is now going to try to do something else, and they're not going to be a professional at it, it's just a hobby of theirs. Right. However, they're bringing in the same level of intensity and passion and dedication to every other um, act that they are doing, every other sport, every other hobby that they have. Mm. Um, and working with people in whatever field then is always fun. So for me, it's really like, Working with somebody who's number one in the world is fantastic, but if it's not, but they have just the same amount of passion and dedication, then right. I'm having just as much fun working with them, and it's just as special for me um, if they're number one in the world or not. Right, right, yeah. It would be nice to be affiliated with uh, that much success and winning. Um, and obviously, your background is you know heavy in tennis, uh, but besides tennis, what's your favorite sport to watch on TV? Um, I would say soccer, basketball. I enjoy watching very much on TV. 
Okay. Um, baseball, actually, I enjoy watching if I'm close up. Um, right. I have At the game. The Dodgers a couple of times on TV. That's a little. Uh, I'm not enjoying quite as much. No. Uh. Um, and hmm, what else? Actually, certain um, fights, UFC sometimes. UFC, yeah. Very strategical, you know. Um, yeah. Not necessarily the show before or after it is not something that I enjoy too much, but the actual fight um, and the strategy behind it and how hard they're trying that is also something I enjoy quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, being an athlete, it's it's not obviously nothing easy. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure being out there in LA, you've been to um, Lakers game or Clippers game, right? Yes, yes, I have. What's the best game you've been to so far? Hmm. I have actually not been in a while, um, mm. but I did enjoy very much um, at one point when the Lakers played the Bulls. I yeah. think if I remember correctly, because the Bulls are also close to my heart just because, you know, from when I was growing up and Jordan, Pippen, um, Rodman were kind of playing, like Bulls were my kind of favorite team when I used to live in Germany still. Yeah, everybody loved the and, Bulls. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Also, a dear friend of mine is very closely affiliated with the Bulls, so Good. I always hear a lot what's going on there. So that was kind of just personally like a special game for me not necessarily because of how good they played but just because of those two teams really oh yeah that's cool i think like you said back in the days definitely uh even till now i think some of those fans are still the Bulls fan is still around just not so much dedicated to the team because the winning has been a little bit down a lot down since the mj era so uh (laughs) but (laughs) but i totally i i totally get it um so you're not doing all the busy stuff coaching and uh, helping others um what are you doing to relax um what i do to relax is definitely um i train my mind a lot um mm. and even though that takes effort at the same time it also has the effect of relaxation um depending, okay. especially depending on what techniques you do um and that is not um only exclusively in situations what let's say people normally understand as meditation when you would be sitting you know in a lotus position and everything is kind of silent around you and nobody's doing or saying anything but that Mm -hmm. could be in any moment you know lying at the beach um, and just using those three skills and really enjoying what pleasant experiences i am exposed to at that moment you know that is something um i enjoy very much doing is directing my attention to something that is pleasant that mm. is actually something i do to relax you know it's, wow. just, it's just pleasant so wow. i have the choice between paying attention in one moment to something that is unpleasant or something that is pleasant they're both happening simultaneously and if i choose to pay attention to something pleasant it starts to be very enjoyable but wow. you know, your uh, attentional skills have to be um, at a level where you're able to do that and your attention doesn't get hijacked by this unpleasant experience all the time, right. which tends to be the case early on for most people. Yes. I mean, my mind is untrained and terrible. Um, <laughs> I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but I'm definitely, uh, definitely going to get your help so I can train my mind. I need to have a sharp mind and a dedicated, focused mind is full of concentration, clarity, and coolness. So, uh, but, uh, Kristen, the floor is yours. Please tell the people um, 
uh, where they can find you, how they can reach out to you for help, if you know who you train, what you can help them with, and uh, how you can help them just to find that mindful and mindset uh, training that you provide. Uh, so the floor is yours. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. So. Um, yes, if anybody is interested in, um, you know, developing these skills or learning more about MindSize or what I do and Adidas, um, then I would say uh, go to MindSizeSports.com um, and you can find out really everything about these three skills uh, that you need. Um, you can also go to my Instagram, um, straka.la. Um, and also my Facebook, where I actually have a lot of um, material up that you can go through that is all free of charge for anybody. Um, mm. That will already be a lot of time that you can kind of put in to develop those skills. So among my Instagram, my Facebook, MindSizeSports.com, uh, and then also Adidas really is an amazing place to go. AdidasRunners.com, you can check it out. Um, it's a fantastic community. Um, that is uh, local, physical, not so much at the moment, of course, but also a digital global community of thousands and thousands of like-minded athletes that work on, you know, all different performance qualities from mindset to nutrition to um, performance and recovery. Um, those are uh, all places that you can go to that I think people will enjoy very much if they're interested in, you know, this area absolutely absolutely you heard it um check him out um if you need anything reach out to him hey christian if a college team needs uh uh a new coach wants to reach out to you they can just go on uh, your instagram any of those and just contact you right yes yes exactly they can uh contact me via also my website straka.la straka.la um, is my website. There's a form you can reach out there if you write me over Instagram message and then we can get into email communication um, and working with colleges. Um, of course, this is one of the things that the Mindsize for Athletes program is really designed for um, okay. because it is um, much easier than in one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions especially now you know with the whole covid situation COVID. where um, people need to develop those skills but it's kind of more challenging to do it mm -hmm. in groups with people together so everybody can do it um, from the comfort of their home on their phones or on their computers where they are and they can go through a rigorous uh, training program that will have um, tangible um, benefits on their performance absolutely Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to chat with me and uh, give all our athlete audience something to listen to and, you know, to give it to challenge themselves and to improve themselves. Uh, really, really appreciate you um, taking the time out, Christian. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, my man. Absolutely, man. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yes, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Point Noted Podcast with Johnny B and Rashad B. Follow us on Twitter at PT Noted and Instagram at Point Noted. Hit the subscribe and follow button to follow us and check out more episodes of us talking a whole bunch of shit. You've been noted.